The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen Debenport. Hello again, this is Voices of Unity, and I'm Ellen Debenport. This is a show that invites different new thought leaders to share their wisdom and expertise. They help you dive deeply into spiritual topics so you can discover new ideas and practices that will enhance your life. I'm kind of the host and MC for this show. I'm a Unity minister. I've written a couple of books, The Five Principles, and one called Hell in the Hallway, Light at the Door. It's about the path through change and transition. I served at two different churches in Texas, and now I'm working at Unity World Headquarters, which is just outside Kansas City, Missouri, and broadcasting from high in the Unity Tower on campus. Uh, Our guests for Voices of Unity are Unity ministers and other new thought leaders who have something special to share, something they've learned, some body of work they have created. So they're not just one-time guests. They stay for six or eight weeks so we can truly explore their areas of special interest. Sometimes they talk about unity teaching specifically. Sometimes it's more generally related to spiritual practice or just how we live our lives. So we're starting a new series today with Coach Carla McClellan. I know her as Reverend Carla McClellan. Uh, Thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure, Ellen. Well, I'll tell you more about her in a minute. But as we talk, please feel free to join in or ask a question. If you're listening live on October 2nd, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The number is 816-251-3555. And we'll start out talking today about the kind of coaching that Carla does, uh, how to establish some dreams or desires for your life. There's lots to come. But first, Carla, tell us a little more about you because I know you teach and you coach and you do lots of things. Yes, I'm I'm interesting to try and market, people tell me. <laughs> I find it challenging myself. Uh, I am a unity minister. I uh, was ordained 15 years ago. I have um, a unique distinction in that I was raised by unity ministers. Yeah. So um, I, I say to people, I'm marinated in this message. <laughs> um and and it has been an incredible blessing to me in my life uh, to be have practiced these principles while I was growing up. Um, I did Unity um, online radio for nine years with Vibrant Living, and I think that's the crux of what I want to say to people is do what makes you come alive. That's what people want to experience. That's- Pretty simple when we've got eight weeks, though. So <laughs> you can expound on that, right? I sure can't. Poor Ellen's worried if I can talk enough. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm really not. Um, and those shows are still in the archives. So if yes. you're on the Unity Radio website, you can go to the older shows. And Carla is there. What was it called again? Vibrant Living Life Coaching with Carla. And what I did is um, 
uh, leaders in the unity movement and also coaches. So I was the interviewer and they shared their wisdom. Um, the other things that I do are I have a private practice in life coaching. I have an office here on the grounds of Unity Village. I love to coach Unity employees. Um, I'm a teacher at UWSI. Um, teaching self-awareness and just having a fantastic time with this. But my passion for unity is is to support ministers and ministries getting outside of their church and into community and building deep connections because we are at a very critical time in um, – in the life cycle. This is a very, I think you'd agree, Ellen, um, uh, chaotic time. You know, and that's a whole topic in itself. I was at a conference last week and heard Marianne Williamson, Mm -hmm. who's very socially active. And she did a really good job, I thought, of talking to a spiritual audience about how it's really time to step up. Yes. And take action. And she was funny. I mean, she kind of made fun of us (laughs) <laughs> Those of us who have said, oh, I just can't watch the news. It's just – it's too negative. I can't let that into my consciousness. <laughs> and she said, you know, we need to give up those little neuroses and pay attention and make a difference where we can. And I thought she did a good job of stopping there. Mm-hmm. She wasn't specific about what she thought we ought to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's still up to each individual. Oh, absolutely. And each church for that matter. And it depends on, on – um like what age and stage you're at in life. Um, uh, so many of our older community have served all the way through, and this mm-hmm. is their time to to be inspired, to be shown a pathway to hope, to know that they've made a contribu- contribution and that they're making a difference. But I, I agree with Marianne and, and often say – to congregations, don't tell me you don't watch the news, because I want to know that you're involved in what's going on in life. I'm not saying you have to go out and pick it. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying be aware. Wake up to your life. So as we've talked about this series, my impression has been that we'll focus on how people can have the individual life that they want, live their dreams, have a vision. Is it selfish to be doing that these days? Should we just be out making a difference instead? No, because to take action without a vision is to um, uh, really run into problems like exhaustion and Mm -hmm. frustration and cynicism. Um, And we see that happening so much with those who who are out transforming the world. There are times that you just, they wonder, am I making any difference? So you first start with yourself. It's an inward journey first, waking up to what gives your life meaning and a sense of value, waking up to what's really important to you, and then to move to the we. So um, I think uh, vision and mission are very important on the individual level, as well as spiritual communities and groups in general. I think people are hungry in this this age of technology for those circles of um, of trust where you're with like-minded people, that you can have conversations, that you feel safe, that you know you can be heard. And then in being heard, we become something even more than we thought we were. So even someone who's already done a lot of individual work 
might want um, coaching or help creating a vision for how they're going to participate in community action, for instance. Yes, yes. With with the um, with like millennials that are that are transformation agents. Um, what I love to do is create a safe place where they can toss out their ideas in a certain way, in a way that um, they become clearer about their why. Why am I doing this? Why is this so important to me? Um, And in a way that they can uh, say their vision, speak their vision, that it invites other people to come along so that there's some clarity in the action they're taking. So most of my clients, I do start with vision and mission, not using those, you know, sort of corporate terms with them, but people come to me because they're in a stuck place in their life. People come to me because they realize there's a pattern they're living that they've lived for a while. And that pattern's not working for them. And they can't seem to alone figure out what to do next. So together, I just um, help them develop a strategy that brings out the absolute best in them. So I know I've done my work when I'm reflecting the hero I see in front of me, or I like to call myself your soul's best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm not going to listen to that chattering mind. I'm going to go, I'm going to reflect to you your dreams, your goals, your intentions, who I see you be, who you show up as. And we, we need a trusted advisor. I think Life was designed for relationship, relationship with spirit, relationship with community, relationship with nature, and especially a relationship with ourselves. Well, and somebody who can look at you and see the highest and best, see the divine in you, uh, is really valuable, whether it's a friend or a preacher or a teacher or a life coach that you hired. Yes. uh, That's a real gift to be able to give someone. So I understand why someone might come to you individually to do their work, but how are people going to get something from this on the radio? Oh, good question. <laughs> Seems how that's where we are right yeah. now. Well, I'm I'm inviting people who are listening to pick up the phone and call in. If you've got a question about maybe a stuck place in your life or where you're experiencing some frustration or clarity around a dream, call in with a question that, you know, sort of a universal question. Um, I love questions like, I can't figure out who I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thinks it would apply to everyone. You everyone. Know. Yeah, because yeah, we all ask that of ourselves. Who am I? That's a defining moment. That's when that shift happens, when we break open to a different understanding of who we be and who we're willing to be and who we are becoming. So I think a radio show is a great way if we get people to call in and join in the conversation. Because you and I both know we don't need to be talking heads. We don't want to be talking at people. We want to be sharing the conversation together so that we get meaning and value out of our show. Yeah. So the number is 816-251-3555. It's kind of a new number. I'm still memorizing it. 816-251-3555 if you want to call and ask Carla a question uh, that applies to you or that just applies to life in general. There are so many of them. So before we jump into what we planned for today, 
Let me just ask you how you got into this, because you and I both went to seminary. Mm -hmm. We're both ordained as ministers. Um, Neither of us is in a church anymore. So how did you get into coaching? I know you had a church for a while. Yes, yes. I I was the minister at Unity of Independence for six years. Um, My parents over 30 years ago, ran the retreat program at Unity Village. And this is when it was, you know, two to 400 people. And one of their uh, visions was to have family retreats. So I was in college at the time and in a sorority, so I volunteered to get some sorority sisters together. And we would plan activities, crafty activities for the kids and also do some teaching. Um, uh because I, you know, I've been raised in unity and I know how to take a positive approach to it. And while I was working with the, the five to seven year olds, it was funny. I heard this voice in my head say, do you want to do this the rest of your life? Oh. And I heard myself answer, no. I what would I talk about week after week? Well, as my friends dearly remind me, I've never shut up since. <laughs> so so there was always sort of that leaning towards wanting to be, I think I always saw myself as having a handout to somebody who was maybe struggling. Okay. You know, my mom said, picking me up from school, she'd always... I'd be the last kid out of the kindergarten class because I'd be holding somebody's hand and showing them the way out. <laughs> so I think I've always looked for who needed help. This goes along great with my Enneagram type <laughs> and everything else I'm learning about myself. But I've always been interested in, in supporting others who find it difficult to manage life. Um When I was the Minister of Unity of Independence, um, uh, the first six months, my mother died. My brother Mark, that I was uh, very close to, died four months later. And then my 27-year-old daughter died a month after Mark. And so that was my first six months. And you kept speaking every Sunday? Yes. Carla? Well, I did. To tell you, truthfully... Because Independence is close to Unity Village and we have all the ministerial students and we have lots of ministers on grounds, um, for six weeks my board said, don't even think about the church. Mm-hmm. And ministers from Unity Village took over my Sundays Good. free. Yeah. You, know, oh. you know, they just they just were tremendous support. And I learned the value of having support from other people. Um, so when I came back... It was interesting. Um, I, on Sunday mornings, it's like I came from a different place inside of my body. Mm-hmm. So I was aware of grief still, yeah. but I could connect to a sense of joy in me too. And it's often funny. If I'd ever gone to a psychiatrist at that time, I might have ended up being committed because (laughs) I would say it's like I was standing off to the side watching someone speak and thinking, oh, that's a good point. (laughs) And, and not, and still being connected to my grief. So every talk for me, um, had to be authentic. Mm -hmm. I couldn't stand up there and say, let's just deny and affirm. You know, or meditate on, on, um, or God's in charge. 
It's all good. It's all good. In fact, that's one of my favorite talks to give now is it's all good. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> so so anyway, it deepened my spiritual practice. I heard my dad's voice in my ear say, prove the principles, Carla. And I thought, well, there's a good idea. And not to slough over the pain I was in and how difficult it was in, I, difficult situation I was in. I was able to put one step in front of the other by focusing on what was most interesting to me at the time. So I had my times of I'm just going to lock myself in the bedroom and cry Mm -hmm. um, and my raging at how could this be a divine plan? You know, this this doesn't seem real divine to me. and it deepened my uh, – it cracked me open, Ellen. There's just no better way of saying it. And Contact Magazine had um, – which is a magazine for ministers. It, it, it was just for ministers, wasn't it, or spiritual leaders? Yeah, it came from Unity for right. spiritual leaders. There was a workshop offered that the title was, Would It Be Okay With You If Life Got Easier? And you can guess what my response was. And Mm -hmm. I immediately signed up for it. And what I saw, it's it's like I think of myself as a visionary leader, but but from a very practical, pragmatic place. And so um, when I see a system, I can see how it interacts with other systems. And this whole coaching model is based upon spiritual principles. But I could see the peace that it was bringing out that I wasn't hearing unity bring out. Mm -hmm. And so it hooked me and um, and it really helped me move through my grief process. Um, So when I came when I went through all the program, I would say to the members of my church, you know, I do spiritual counseling. I also do life coaching, but they're totally different. Um, focuses, just like counseling is different than coaching. Spiritual counseling is different than uh, than therapeutic counseling. Um, so as I defined those for me and for the my community, um, life became clearer. And my, my focus and my energy um, uh, was more directive so that I woke up one day and I thought, I don't want to be a sad story. Hmm. You know, I don't want Paula Lynn Howe's life to be about pain and suffering Mm -hmm. Um, because her life wasn't just about pain and suffering. Your daughter. My daughter. She was an amazing old soul. And one of the fears you have when, when you have a significant loss in your life is that people will forget Mm-hmm. that the person existed and what they gave. And so I wanted to do it in a way that I was bringing her forward with me in ministry. So she was ministering with me. And one of the ways I was able to do that was to set an intention each day to do something that my daughter Paula would be proud of her mother for doing. Oh. And then at night, I'd review my day. Mm -hmm. I found myself, I was more awake to my life instead of numb and and very, very sad. 
and uh, in a way that I really liked. I felt more engaged in in living. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized that I wanted my ministry to be about hope, inspiration and hope, and encouragement. Listen, our principles, and I'm telling the person who wrote the book on the five principles, (laughs) (laughs) our principles teach us that all things are possible. We start first with an understanding of who we are connected to and realize we're made of that substance, and then... The third step is we we think, we take thoughts and form words about those thoughts and then take actions. And anything that we can dream can be achieved. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the way that we had dreamt it, but pretty darn close and, and most times a whole lot better. So just to recap on these principles, the first one is God's all there is. Mm-hmm. The second one is, therefore, we are God in expression. What else could we be made in the image and likeness of God? And so human beings are divine in their essence and therefore inherently good, despite what we see on the news. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we have layers of personality and ego that sometimes take over. But at our core, we are divine because everything is Our friend Kelly Isola, another unity minister, says, actually, we only have two principles and then we have three action steps. I love it. (laughs) So it's that third one that our thoughts have creative power that you can use in coaching. Yes. Yes, very definitely. Um, I want to read you a quote um, uh, from one of um, a man by the name of Patrick Brown, who is a leadership developer, and he speaks to this spiritual principle. And he said, people who want to be effective and create impact as leaders or as members of the human race um, need to connect with an inexhaustible source of power. Mm -hmm. Einstein referred to it as energy. And he said, energy is neither lost nor destroyed. And matter is created out of energy and is the same as energy. So matter cannot be destroyed or lost. So what we're saying is it's all energy as we are conscious, aware that it's all energy. And somehow, some way, it's all good. Mm-hmm. You know, somehow, some way. We don't know right now and it doesn't look too pretty. Right. Um, it's all good. Then there are steps that we can follow that give us a strategy to move forward. Now, I've had plenty of clients who were in therapy and also in coaching. So I I work with a therapist so the therapist knows that they're in coaching because our focus is something different. A therapist wants to help you heal a past issue, a wound, and they're very, very valuable. Right. Um, I am so grateful for the therapists I've had through my life. A coach, a life coach, um, wants you to understand patterns of the past and how they might have blocked you moving forward, but there's always a dream inside of us, an urging, if you will, to express more life 
through us and as us. So I'm focusing on that dream with you. We're getting a strategy together, and you're promising me action steps that I hold you accountable for. So therapy is what happened, and coaching is what now? What now? What, what's the next step? But it's possible to do both at the same time. Yes. So, yeah, yes. you don't have to go get all fixed and perfect with a therapist before you can get a coach. Right. In fact, okay. hand in hand, and and I encourage people to have a therapist, too, if they're, if, you know, going through a big thing. And if, especially I would think if they're feeling blocked mm-hmm. by something inside of them that they haven't unearthed yet. Well, you know – Do you ever hear people say, well, I just don't do denials because I'm not going to focus on the negative at all? Yes. Well, those are people that are blocked (laughs) (laughs) because you miss the magic in denying the power of the situation to be who you are. And you go to an affirmation that that tricks you (laughs) into believing that you're moving forward, if you will. Um, and I know that's a pretty radical thing to be saying online, but um, denials are very important. They're what creates the space for the magic to happen. Um, so it's important to tell the truth, not put a capital T or a lower T, but what's the facts here? With my daughter, she was born with spina bifida. I could deny that till the day she died. And where would I be? And where would she be? Suffering. Yeah, well, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, Unity's founders, used the word denials with affirmations. Denials and affirmations. They were using that word before we had the psychological term of denial, meaning head in the sand, not looking at something. They were saying you can deny the power that something has over you. So it's not that you pretend you're not sick, but you deny the power of this illness to take over your life. And that's the healing part of moving forward. Right. And Charles Fillmore said denials are like – I always love this. Denials are like uh, gently sweeping cobwebs out of a room. Yeah. And then it's clear. And then there's a place for the affirmation to go so it's not just a Band-Aid. Right. We are, we are seconds away from a break. Um, I'm so glad you're here. This is going to be a really interesting series. And we're ready to take callers if you're listening live. It's 816-251-3555. So we will treat you to a few messages so you can learn more about Unity. And we'll be back shortly with the Voices of Unity. This is Ellen Devonport. the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. 
thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell from Unity San Diego discussing change and transition. And as we begin to really identify the endings in our lives, to deal with them completely and wholly, to heal from them as we must, as we are willing to be in a time of not knowing, a time of uncertainty, but a time of trusting that there is a blueprint, there is a plan, there is a destiny. As we move successfully through these experiences, we will find that we are evolving and emerging into something new and different. And everyone and everything that has been happening in your life, both the things that are easy and good and pleasant, and those things that are challenging and painful and difficult, are drivers for your own evolution. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Follow Unity Online Radio on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with all your favorite shows. Become a fan by clicking the like button. You can join in with a Facebook Live event or just like and share our post. Be the first to find out about any big special guests that might be appearing on the air or any events at Unity Village. We want to hear from you. Make sure you leave any questions or comments about Unity programming. Thanks for listening. Would you like to show your support for Unity Online Radio? You can donate easily on your phone by texting the word VOICE to 50555 and donate $10 to support Unity Online Radio. It's easy to do, and your offering will help us keep inspirational and positive programming on the air. Remember, just text the word VOICE to 50555 and support your favorite shows on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover what your dreams are trying to tell you. Join dream expert, best-selling author, and hypnotherapist Kelly Sullivan Walden for Ask Dr. Dream every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Central. Kelly will awaken you to the wisdom of your dreaming mind with expert interpretation as well as introduce you to fascinating guests. Each week, you'll get information you can use to help make decisions and gain greater self-awareness. Join the show live or listen later on demand here on unityonlineradio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen Devonport. We are back with Voices of Unity. We're starting a new series today with Carla McClellan. Carla's a unity minister who works as a teacher and a life coach. And we thought for this series we would focus on the coaching part because she teaches classes about it. She works with individual clients. And so week by week, we can take different aspects of this, how you come up with a vision for your life. What are the steps you take to it? How do you clear any blocks that you find along the way? Where do you get support for it? So we have lots to talk about. Uh, and Carla, I've had some life coaching training too. It always seems to start with, what is your dream for your life? Yes. <laughs> well, does everybody have one? Because I'm not sure I do anymore. Maybe just because I'm old. No. But <laughs> <laughs> no. But really, I'm happy with my life. Um, 
I've done some things that I intended to do for a long time. My dream for my life was to write the book, Hell in the Hallway. I love that book. Thank you. But I checked that box three years ago. So I'm still in the now what phase. And I don't know that there are any more dreams coming. Well, what are you doing here at Unity, Ellen? Well, I'm doing the, the next natural thing. You know, what I was guided to do. Uh, for our listeners, I'm in charge of the communications department. So I get to work every day on how Unity shares its message with the world. And we do that through radio is one thing, but magazines and books and social media and emails and websites and all the ways that we are reaching out to the rest of the planet. So that's great. It, it hadn't been my dream. It just sort of came along. But it's a vision that you're invested in. Yes. I say that everybody has a dream, an urging within them, um, and all the ancient wisdom teachings will will uh, support that theory, that within us, because we breathe, mm-hmm. because we're alive, there is an urging we have to express more of, we like to say, our divinity out in the world, um, uh, more of the good out there. And it's not so much about can I manifest um, uh, a forest green jaguar or <laughs> you know, some or or the other thing that people love to do with parking places. But but those kinds of things show us we have power over life. Life doesn't happen to us. We happen to life. So it's an inside job. So, yeah, you might not be aware of a dream you have right now. Maybe you're in, but, but I say you certainly are, are doing for unity in the movement what is a great contribution. And I know you put a tremendous amount of hours into what you're doing. So if there's another dream, inside of you, it's going to have to nudge you pretty hard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But but you're the one who says dreams are part of our DNA and they're they're in our souls just waiting for our attention. So then I feel guilty. Oh. I'm just not paying enough attention to the messages of my soul. Oh. um, uh, I do it to myself, too. I think it's part (laughs) of the human condition. Oh, am I listening enough to my soul? You know, am I in communion enough? And this is where the practice of you know, awareness or mindfulness becomes so, so important. We've known in New Thought for years and years and years how important meditation is for our body, mind, and spirit. We we know it. That's actually the fourth principle, prayer, yes. prayer and meditation. Yes. Um, and, and one of the things that, that I became really clear about when I go out and talk, because I travel around to lots of different unity churches, mm-hmm. and I speak and do workshops and, and actually hold space when ministers want some time off to get something else done. Yes. <laughs> Um, uh, I call myself a preacher of principles. I want to. I want you and I to get on the playing field of life and prove these things work. I want us to get real practical. I, you know, I can spin theory. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> Pretty easily. But you're practical too. Yes. And you've promised to give us some takeaway tools and tips on every one of these shows. Yes. Absolutely. 
And so I'd love a caller to 816-251-3555 to call in and, and share with us what's going on in their life. Where might they want some dream clarification? Um, because we're all looking for that. You, you know, you said you felt guilty because you're not aware of a dream. I'm like, um, I, I do the same thing to myself. Am I having a deep enough conversation with my soul? Am I listening deep enough? Um, and I find that um, I need more time in the stillness, in the quiet than I used to. So that's the how for you. For me, yes. Yes. Um, uh, my So for me, the with my personality and my authentic self and my shadow to be integrated takes silence, Hmm. stillness. And I'm a great talker and I love people and I love being around people, but I have to love me too. Right. And I have found in these last, uh, especially um, the last six years that um, I need to exit from life pretty early in the evening and spend some time um, reading, contemplating, praying, meditating, and allowing that creative juice to come up. Um, so if I don't spend that time, then we meet Cranky Carla, who's <laughs> just as spiritual, but shows up in a different way. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I would love to give people some tips on how to be more mindful of their life and how to begin that process of creating a dream, if, um, if that's where we are in the show, Ellen. Yes, I think we are there. So Okay. So um, step number one to locating your dream is to find a place where you can just be comfortable. I mean, if it's your bed, if it's your meditation chair, if it's the backyard looking up at the stars, or if it's out in nature with trees. I know a lot of people, nature stimulates that connection with spirit. So this is physically comfortable. Physically comfortable. And alone? And alone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, when you're catching your vision, it's, it's good to be alone, to be turning inward, to looking at what's making me uncomfortable. Huh? Why would I focus there if I was looking for a dream? Because something is blocking that dream from revealing itself. Now, we get signs all the time from our uh, superconscious, from our soul, but, but maybe not in ways that we can recognize. So for me, I look for uh, symbols. I lots of times um, have a dream at night that shows me where I'm longing to be or what is causing me discomfort where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I pay attention to what's going on around me and to the relationships I have formed. So when I know what's important to me, 
what I want to focus on. Is it a relationship? Is it career? Is it health? Um, is it fun? My intention is to be an adventurer in life. So I want to travel, travel, travel. So I know I get excited. You can see. <laughs> I can see. Um, when I think about traveling mm-hmm. and going somewhere new where I don't know people, um, that that enthusiasm for life comes through. So I know that's an important travel's important to me. So travel would always be a part of my vision of what I am doing. Well, let's back up a minute because okay. we're in the comfortable place alone. But first we ask ourselves what's wrong? What what's making what? me uncomfortable? Yeah, what what's got me uh maybe frustrated right now? Cuz something's making me want a better life. Right. And, um, yes, and to express more of me in life. Mm-hmm. So so when I look at that, what's the disturbance, then I begin to look at what am I making this disturbance mean? Oh, okay. So what story am I telling about this disturbance? Mm-hmm. And then asking myself some simple questions. Is the story I'm telling true? Good question. That sounds Ron. like Byron Katie. Yes. Byron Katie gave the, um, the best definition of suffering I've ever read. Suffering is believing your every thought. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. Yes. And so that's what I tell people. Just because you have a thought, don't believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Play with it for a while. Turn over, I, I heard uh, Reverend Thomas Shepard say, turn over the, the bottom of that belief and see where, what the date is. <laughs> you know? Oh, what a great line. Isn't that visually, too? You know, yes. you're saying, oh, wait a minute. I started thinking that when I was six years old. Exactly. Uh-huh. Do I need it at 46? <laughs> you know? Might it have changed any? And because you want to be non-judgmental and open. You want to be curious and willing to dismantle an old belief. Mm-hmm. So lots of times people make statements like, um, this is a way um, uh, I do life. And, and for me, I'm a mother, I'm a, a wife, I'm a, a coach, I'm a minister, I'm a grandmother, you know, all those kinds of things. But, you know, I'm more than that. I'm more than that. Mm -hmm. So where am I limiting my expression? Okay. We'll pause there because we have a caller. Fabulous. With a question on the air. Paul, are you there? I am. Hi. Hi. How are you guys doing? Hi. Great. You you guys are really speaking to me today. Good. I really appreciate it. So I had to call in. Thank you. Um, I, I'm Reverend Ellen. I've kind of it, it, you the way you asked the question about like now what, you know what's the next thing? I'm I'm in that particular situation myself. Fifty mm-hmm. years old. Been been fairly successful in my life, but now it's like that burning desire to create things seems to be a little subsided. So I sit around and wonder now what. And so, Coach Carl, I guess I'm looking for tips on how do you, you say everyone has dreams. So how do you find their dreams? How do you dig them up? Okay. They used, to, they used to always be such 
at the top of your mind when you're younger. I don't know if you guys had that experience. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, and I love it with my grandkids, you know, because their dreams are are still top of their mind. You know, (laughs) they they can recall Uh them. So all we've let happen is we've we've turned our attention away from what our dreams are. And we've got so much other clutter, the the believing our every thought or that we have to do more to be more. But you talk about a longing deep inside of you. Mm-hmm. How do you bring that forward? Tell me, Paul, what do you love about life? Oh, I love interacting with people. I love making people laugh. Mm. Um, I love really helping other people get excited about things. Uh huh. Um, so yeah. So where in your life are you doing those things? I'm doing that a lot with my family. Okay. Um, sometimes with coworkers. Okay. Sometimes in, in other other. You know, just really with family most most of the way. Yeah. So where would you like to um, expand in your life? Sounds like you've got a pretty good relationship with your family. Yes. yes. And you're being a loving family member, so that's a wonderful intention. Yeah. And that... I mean, maybe, maybe that's my thing. I, I don't want to... I guess I want to expand, but I also want to make sure that I'm continually grateful. Yes. And not beat myself up because I'm not expanding every second of my life, you know? Oh, I think that's a common guilt that um, spiritual people share, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not grateful enough. <laughs> mm. Well, and we're told that all the time. You yeah. Know? Pause and celebrate your successes. Uh, appreciate the moment. Be present. Be grateful. Is there a conflict between that, like being in the present moment, and focusing on your dreams? Is there a conflict, huh? Well, I see how we're setting up for next week's show, so I appreciate this call tremendously, Paul. (laughs) I'll let you go. I'll keep listening every week, okay? Okay. Oh, Paul, thank you so much. And keep in touch with us. You can can interact with us at any time. Thanks, Paul. Not somebody I'd set up. You said that on the air. Um, I want to go back to what we were talking about. What's the disturbance? What meaning am I giving it? Um, and then what? And then what? So knowing that not all thoughts are true, who would I be without this thought? So if I didn't think this thought, who would I be? What would my energy be like? You know, my answer to that is nearly always, I'd be free. Yes. Sometimes, though, it's, I have no idea who I'd be without it. And that's a little scary. It is. And, you know, I I teach um, self-awareness and um, mindfulness and... um, all these practices, but I need to wake up to myself too, Mm -hmm. because that, that, um, I like to be busy. I like to be doing a lot of things. What I forget about a lot is enjoyment, you know, just having a good time. 
And that's where I'm so grateful um, for relationships in my life that, that know when I'm getting too serious. Hmm. And know when it's time to take a picnic in the park or time to get an ice cream cone, even if you are on a diet or, (laughs) you know, all those kinds of things. Because is it okay to enjoy life? I knew how to have fun when I was working. I, I I could shift my focus to having a good time while I was at work. I didn't know how to just enjoy sitting in the living room reading a mystery book at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You know oh, what I'm saying? I just I feel guilty just hearing you say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was, a, that was a, a hard one to go through. But the interesting thing is when you look at what's um, disturbing you or making you really uncomfortable, when you look at it and start um, observing it and becoming uh, curious about it, um, and seeing the underlying uh, need underneath, mm-hmm. um, then you do have this freedom. And when you have that kind of freedom, something creative will always fill a space because nature doesn't like a void. Right. So something uh, more interesting can come in to your mind or um, – a symbol or uh, a saying, um, I get inspired by reading other people's writings. That's why when people say to me, why don't you write a book? I go, (gasps) (laughs) how would I be inspiring? But I can pick up um, a saying, um, I love Howard Thurman's, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and do it. I love that Nike slogan, of course. Mm-hmm. Do it because what the world needs is more people who've come alive. And when we're looking in a time of a lot of chaos, uh, systems are breaking down all over. And so no one person has the answer. But if we all kind of gather together and appreciate each other's differences, different personalities, different values, different principles, um, there will come up, there will emerge a new way of being in community. Hmm. So that was kind of rough for me to, um, to see because I knew personalities I wanted to avoid. Yes. Um, and it was pretty clear to me. Um, that the best in me didn't come out when I was around that personality. But you know what I learned, Ellen? What? That if I hung around that personality and looked for what it was giving me, what contribution it was making to me, what I was learning from that personality, then we went to a higher, I don't know, vibration of being. You know, so it wasn't based on personality, but it was based on possibility. And I love possibility. So <clears throat> I know the, the, the universe has tested me a lot with that theory and given me some interesting <laughs> personalities to be with. But I find <clears throat> are your <clears throat> excuse me. You have a cough button there if you need it. Oh. <laughs> it says cough and it's yellow. That's right. <laughs> um, I find when you you 
don't become so focused on personality and what you don't like and become focused upon personality, you can see the differences in the two of you and a way to work together to cooperate, to co-create begins to emerge. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) Um, I can see that with some personalities, but some are just awful. Just don't want to be around them, don't want to hear anything they have to say. I've already made up my mind that they have nothing to offer me. And so you're looking at me like, okay, so let's go back (laughs) here, Ellen. I know you're more spiritually mature than I am, but I'm. I think I'm speaking for the listeners. Yes, you. you. When I say there are some people I just don't want to deal with, and they're the ones that we call your master teachers. Oh, I hate that. Don't you? (laughs) (laughs) And I know that a lot of listeners are saying there's no such thing as (laughs) rotten personality. That's a master teacher, and it, it. If you come from the basis, there's one presence and one power at work all of the time. And that presence and power is what I choose to call God, the absolute good. And each one of us are made of God. Then somewhere, somewhere there is a good to be found there. What's disturbing me is what's really disturbing my soul. And if I take a look at what's really causing the disturbance within me, I'm going to learn and grow. I don't have to go to bed with the person. I don't have to live with them the rest of my life. But if I learn something, that's a great gift. And if I learn it about me, that's the best gift Mm -hmm. because then I won't do it to someone else. But I've expanded my capacity for compassion. And that's important to me. Hmm. All right. You make a good point. So you have you've promised in this series you're going to teach us how to live with ease and grace. Yep. Which sounds wonderful. So what I've I'm I'm making a list of good tools you're giving us. So what's the disturbance? What meaning am I giving it? And since not all thoughts are true, who would I be without that thought? And was there another one? Um uh and And then focusing on what do I love that I'm not experiencing in my life? What do I love that I'm not experiencing right now in my life? I'm writing this down. I'm I'm so glad you are. experiencing now. Okay. And then the next step is to be grateful, to be grateful for all of it. Gratitude is that gateway to ease and grace. Because, Ellen, you can't worry. You can't judge. You can't be depressed when you're grateful. Okay, but you've... Yes, but. (laughs) You just had me look at the disturbance um, and focus on what I love that I'm not experiencing now. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't seem like I'd be in a place of gratitude. I'm looking at what's wrong. Um, When you're looking at what you love uh, that you're not doing right now, it's it's a place marker for where you are right now, and it points to where you want to be. Okay, so what am I grateful for? 
at this point? To be grateful for the opportunity to just be still. Okay. The opportunity to know that I'm connected to a power greater than me, greater than my mind, that not all my thoughts are true, that I have a courageous heart, that I have an enthusiasm for life, that, you know, the flowers next to me are purple and I love that shade of purple or... um you know, today driving into work, nobody honked at me. (laughs) Those kinds of things. Because gratitude allows you to be thankful for all that is. We have about 30 seconds left. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you because they may have other questions. You can message me through Life Coach Carla on Facebook, and I'm very responsive to it. You can message me at Carla at LifeCoachCarla.com, and I'd be glad to uh, communicate with you. Um, uh, Those are the two easiest ways I can think of. And that's we're out of time. So we'll be back next week with more from Carla McClellan. You've titled next week, Get the Monkey Off My Back. Yes, we're talking about getting some ease in there. (laughs) Ease and grace. Thanks so much for listening. This is Ellen Devonport, Voices of Unity. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.